I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, good morning. This is Larry Austin from Hero Hunt, and you're listening to Impact Outdoors. Being with them for the past three years, it's, I've seen something that I don't see from a lot of organizations out there. I've noticed that I was invited in 2019 for, for a hunt, and uh, they haven't left me alone since. And it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me outside of the military because uh, it's really driven home that they care. I mean, when you're going through things, whether it's PTSD, physical disabilities, Missing your brothers in action. You got to know that someone's there, and they're always going to be there. It's kind of like in the military. Uh, you can have a you can have a really good marine that's considered family. You can't you won't talk to him for another ten years, but that that day you do speak to him, it's like that ten years was never there. Hero Hunt kind of drives that home. Uh, you go on an event, and your family's from there on out. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Impact Outdoors Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We've got another great episode recorded live at the 2023 Hunt Fish Podcast Summit up at the Warren Ranch. And on this week's episode, we've got my good friends Larry and Austin from Hero Hunt Inc. based out of Tennessee. And this group does an amazing job for for veterans and first responders from across the United States, um, getting them um into the great outdoors and uh, some amazing opportunities for for everybody and uh, really bringing a family aspect to this program and, and a continuing involvement which is really key to help um you know help kind of overcome some of the obstacles that's that um, some of these servicemen and first line responders um need and, and have went through so i'm uh, really excited to have them at the summit this year it was great getting to interact with them and sharing some hunting stories and, and hopefully to get them down here and do a fishing trip with Hero Hunt Inc. pretty soon. So stay tuned for this great episode and we just got a few words from our sponsors from this year's summit and we'll jump right in with Larry and Austin from Hero Hunt Inc. Hey 
This episode was recorded live at the 2023 Hunt Fish Podcast Summit. Podcasters and guests from across the country come together to talk about their passions for hunting, fishing, and conservation. This year's summit is brought to you by Waypoint TV, Ron Hoover Marine of Galveston, Spot Stalker Guide Service, the Wild Sheep Foundation, Galveston Fishing Company, Captain Experiences, and Badger Claw Outfitters. We're here at the Warren Ranch again, another episode uh, coming to you live from the Hunt Fish Podcast Summit. And um, a couple years ago, I was in Nashville, uh, NWTF, and I was standing talking to somebody, and um, I can't remember who in the Hero Hunt organization I ran into, but they they were like, "Y'all need to y'all need to get with us." And I was like, "I want to like to do a podcast with somebody," and and, and I got um, I met Pablo, yes, and um, and uh, we touched base later this year, and, and I was like, man, we got this thing going on in Texas. Would anybody like to come? And he's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I've got Larry and Austin here with us from Hero Honey. And um, here at the Warren Ranch in Texas, man, first, welcome to you guys. Um, thanks for coming all the way down to Texas. No, yeah. Derek, I appreciate you inviting us. To, I mean, like you said, it's been two years in the making. Um, Pablo's a very straightforward former <laughs> Army first sergeant. And uh, – he called me and said, hey, you're going to Texas. I was like, um, okay. Um, first off, Pablo, I do, I do not work for you, but <laughs> I cannot wait because I remember speaking to Derek at NWTF, and it uh, sounds like a great opportunity. Yeah, I so got that appreciate. same call, and I was like, well, what days do I got to take off work? <laughs> like, let's go. Say less. And then my wife found out, and she's been nagging me to take her to Texas, and she's like, well, you're you not taking me? Bring and her back like, down. Yeah, we'll go I fishing. Could, yeah. There you go. I was like, I guess I got to bring you now. So that's the summer plan. <laughs> Yeah, but we like I said, we really appreciate the invite. It's a beautiful ranch and uh, beautiful countryside. Yeah. Well, I've always, you know, um, one of the things that always kind of got me growing up was my family had a real big background, um, especially on my dad's side, of serving in, in the service, um, whether it was Navy or Army. Um, and um, I, it, I never, I, I didn't, I didn't serve, you know, and doing what i've done over the past 20 years working with state and then um you know i've got a charter fishing group and i'm always i've always tried to like how can i give back when i started the podcast thing and then this thing started um i really wanted to at least utilize this platform to share messages about people and groups that are just doing awesome stuff and i love what you guys do and so just start out kind of talking about what hero hunt is and 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 your guys' background. Well, I mean, our story as an ambassador for Hero Hunt is similar to, to yours. I mean, the flip side is we served. We came out, and Hero Hunt is one of those things that has helped us as individuals so much that we want to make sure that we continue to spread the word and help them. Because we're not Hero Hunt. We're we're a part of Hero Hunt as, as a service member, as a participant, and uh, – being with them for the past three years, it's I've seen something that I don't see from a lot of organizations out there. I've noticed that I was invited in 2019 for a, for a hunt, and um, they haven't left me alone since. And yeah. it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me outside of the military because uh, it's really driven home that they care. I um, mean, when you're going through things whether it's PTSD, physical disabilities, 
just missing your brothers in action. Um, you got to know that someone's there and they're always going to be there. It's kind of like in the military, um, you can have a you can have a really good marine that's you consider family, mm-hmm. and you can't you won't talk to him for another ten years. But that that day you do speak to him, it's like that ten years was never there. Yeah, hero hunt kind of drives that home. Um, you go on an event, and your family from there on out. Um, I guess I can start with a little bit about who hero hunt is and uh, how they got started. And uh, so Joe Towers, he is a former Coast Guard. He he left high school, went into the Coast Guard, got out, and then he joined the Nashville Police Department. Well, 28 years later, he retires. But during that time, as he knows he was getting close to retirement, he wanted to do something different as he transitions out mm-hmm. from the first responder world. And he, him and his wife got together on a 50-acre farm, wanted to start something. They didn't know what it was going to be. So they contacted an organization and said, hey, uh, can you provide a couple guys to come out to my farm and we can hunt for a weekend? You know, I'll set them up with, uh, with a whole venue. We can, we can camp or we can... They can stay in my house. We can provide all the lodging, food, you know, what you would think a, a retreat would be. Yeah. Like I said, he didn't have a, a really good idea of what it was going to look like. That organization drug him along for a while and then eventually came back and said, nah, that's not something we want to do. We don't believe that the, the whole gun and hunting thing is, is conducive to helping veterans recover from PTSD and from what, what, something they just, you know, experience. Well, he's like, I disagree and. Him and his wife said, this is what we're doing from here on out. And uh, it went from his 50-acre farm, two or three guys, to I think we got 400 on the roster now. Uh, We're doing 45, 50 events a year, whether it be hunting, fishing, getting together, whatever we want to call it. And um, I feel like it changed a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. They've improved the quality of life for a lot of individuals, not just the veteran or the first responder. The families of those people also. Um, that's, a, that's another thing that Hero Hunt does a little different that stands out to me is they really want to, the whole person concept. You know, you don't come to Hero Hunt as a single man. You come because you have a family. I mean, you, you can. Uh, but most of us, you know, later in our lives, we have family, we have kids, we have that. And they want to make sure that you, they bring all that with them. And uh, some of the best memories I have with Hero Hunt is my daughter getting her first turkey getting her first deer, you know, those opportunities I would have never been able to give her while I was on active duty. And uh, she was deprived of those. Well, we've, we've played some pretty good makeup <laughs> in that sense with Hero Hunt. and uh, They're a family now. And everybody that comes there and everybody's in contact with them, they're, they're family also. Yeah, and I hear, I hear a lot about um, you know, there's so many different groups across the country doing great things, but like you were saying – the family aspect and the, you know, once you come into the circle, like you're part of that. Yeah, you stay in the circle. Yeah. And a lot of groups are just one and done or, or yeah. whatever and just kind of bounce around to the next thing. And that helps. I mean, it, it's not a bad thing to be a one and done, but you don't get that camaraderie that you had yeah. of being with people every day for years on end. And so when you create that family atmosphere, I mean, you're just building a bond that's going to stay there forever, mm-hmm. and you're going to know where Larry lives, and I can show up at his house and say, hey, let's let's go get some food. Let's go grab a drink. Let's, you know, yeah. and he could come over to my house, and we could kill some turkeys or 
I want to come over to your house and shoot a turkey. You can do that. There's some out there. Austin's going to sit here and tell Apparently you. Apparently, you have pet turkeys. Austin's so. going to sit here and tell you that story, but I haven't killed a turkey in his house yet. <laughs> I told you, you had to put in some sweat equity. Because he probably has post it notes. How, if this guy shows up, yeah, yeah. don't come out. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I will tell you from the healing component of what organizations do, uh, I, I can't honestly believe that you're going to impact any type of recovery or healing on at one event. Yeah, they're great. Get them out of their house, get them off their couch, give them a little bit of joy in their life. So a lot of organizations do that, and they're very good at it. But at Hero Hunt, the motto is, it's not about the hunt, it's about the healing. If we don't continually intervene in your lives at some, you know, just inter, you know, show up and put a smile on your face or take you to do something, get you off your couch. Yeah. Healing's not going to be there. And the outdoors, regardless of what that first organization said, is a major component when it comes to recovering from something, from a traumatic event, whether it be yours or someone you witnessed. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take more than one get-together in order to make change. And Hero Hunt does a great job of that. We, um, we talk about to, Pablo. Yeah, we try to get everybody out at least once a year. Yeah, and you talk about Pablo when we first got here. Pablo is he's he's pretty much the the head man in charge when when Joe's out doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he he runs everything. He's a everyone's a, a volunteer. None of us have any. We don't get paid. Joe doesn't get paid. Every dollar that comes into Hero Hunt goes right back into Hero Hunt. And um, that's for. People that come, we we try to get them their licenses if they're coming from out of state, if we can. Yeah. And, you know, paying for food, for you know, lodging for people that events that we don't have lodging at. Um, mm-hmm. So nobody makes a dime. Yeah. Um, but like I said, with Pablo, I mean, he's the very first person everyone is going to come in contact with in the enrollment process, trying to you know vet in your your service or whatever the case may be, and. Um, you're like, I don't know who this guy is, but, you know. He's very friendly on the phone. <laughs> but He's going to call you like you've been friends for 20 years and but you've the, never, the very you've next never call, met him. Yeah. The very next call is like he's known you your whole life. Oh, I know. Yeah. When, when I text him earlier or late last year, whenever it was about this, you know, um, I was like, hey, man, um, it's been a while since we talked. And I know we hadn't got – because I was going to do a podcast with him. And it just it just didn't happen last year, um, scheduling. And and, uh, and it was like immediately responded. Hey Derek, you know, yeah, like, yeah, we'd love to be there. We're there. Like he was what there, la- like, like he was at your house yesterday. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. but that's what makes Hero Hunting uh, very special. Yeah, every single person you come in contact with in this organization is just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first time we have a lot of veterans, the very first time they show up, they're very standoffish, very, you know, I'll I'll stay in the corner over here, and or they'll call and try to back out last minute because they're nervous. They don't know yeah. anybody. The first yeah. hour or two into the event. They know that they're back in their in their environment. That they're they with their be people. In. Yeah, with their people. Yeah. So, love love them for that, and that's why I'm doing the things that you know. We have 26 ambassadors, and that's why those guys, those 26, are so willing to just pack up and go to see Derek in Texas, is because we know that we have to spread the word. We have to get the word out. We have to make sure that there's you know we can go out here and talk about raising money and trying to find venues to for the next event. Mm-hmm. But the, one of the most important things is just getting the word out so that Derek has a resource yeah. to pass yeah. on to the veteran that he meets next time. Yeah, yeah, you might have that one guy that comes across your podcast and says, you know, he was really needing something, and now he's got a way to 
Absolutely. reach out and get help or meet some friends or do something. So, I mean, are, it's like the events that y'all do. Like, how spread out across the country are these things? Is it mostly localized in one area where the people are coming in? Well, or it, it is mostly localized in Texas or in Tennessee because that's where Joe has been his entire life yeah. outside the Coast Guard. And he's met so many great people. We have the Tennessee Wildlife Re- uh, Resource Agency that is a huge supporter. So having that local support kind of drives that local you know that's our hub yeah but the last few years covid kind of slowed it down a little bit but the last few years um kind of branched out quite a bit i mean mm-hmm. we're hunting down here in texas uh hunting in you know hunting all over the country yeah but the best thing about hero hunt is if someone calls from anywhere in the country anywhere i don't care if it's puerto rico we're going to find a way to get our guys there mm-hmm. and we're going to be a part of that event and we're going to do it Mm-hmm. because we're never going to pass up an opportunity that may save a life or may just improve that quality of life for that guy that needs it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we just met uh, Chester up here. One of his main things is just making kids smile. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, we got a whole bunch of veterans with kids that need that smile because yeah. they've lost it their, most of their lives mm-hmm. due to their father's service or their mother's service. I mean, that was a great connection that we just had. Yeah. And now we have a resource. Mm-hmm. And that's what this whole thing's about, anyway. Well, yeah. Great, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I want to figure out how we can get some guys down to go fishing. Oh yeah, oh, that's, I mean that's that's, not hard. that's a I mean that's a done deal right there. Yeah. We just got to figure out logistics on that. We so, got we got Larry just became a professional fly fisherman yesterday. So I he, I see coming coming in here. He I I don't like fishing. I'm not a fisherman. And then he got he grabbed that fly rod. And now last night he's like, I'm gonna wake up early go fly fishing. <laughs> I was like, come on. Well, it was 80 degrees yesterday, yeah. and it was like 36 this morning. So yeah. I don't think anybody was out on the pond this morning. <laughs> Nobody so. was fishing this morning. So, we all uh, talked about it, though. When you, when you talk about becoming a brand-new fly fisherman, and as professional as I am at it, it felt like 29 degrees this morning. I'm like, yeah. I mean, you didn't start with the – I mean, we've got spin casters out there, the little push-button Zebcos. You went straight for the hey, I guess the uh, mudfish special over here with – with Scooby's rods, I got I got this attention deficit thing that going on in my life that if it's my hands aren't constantly moving and doing yeah, all that crazy stuff, I get bored kind of kind of quick. Yeah. So fly fishing is very therapeutic in my opinion. Oh, it's so, it's that especially was you know I mean it's cool to just kind of go out and just do that and you're probably yelling at yourself half the time because you're hooking yourself in the back of the hat <laughs> the first few casts or trying to figure out which way you need to move or whatever for the line to go and. Um, Cody was recording us the first couple of times we did it because uh, the guy that was showing us how to do it, first two casts, he brought a fish in. I'm like, well, okay, that looked pretty easy. I'm going to do the same thing. Well, Cody started recording for me, and, you know, I want to do it for the gram, so I started <laughs> flopping it back and forth. And I said, Cody, uh, send me that video that you did earlier. I turned it on, and the first thing I see is the fly hitting me in the back of the head. I'm like, well, I can't use that one. I was Those are the best ones. I was claiming to be a professional. <laughs> I mean, I turn around for two seconds, and Paul's out there jumping in the water in yeah. his underwear trying to get a bass that was stuck on something. Yeah. That did happen. So, <laughs> My wife was like, she texted me, she's like, do I even want to know what's going on <laughs> at the summit? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that's pretty cool. And um, I know, so you guys, nobody really knows. I mean, from from the general public standpoint, you know, we see what we see on TV about what goes on overseas and stuff like that. But, I mean, never experienced that stuff. And, and I know coming back, like, you hear about all these 
statistics and stuff about people fighting with, um, you know, suicidal thoughts and, and all this stuff and PTSD and all this. But, I mean, what kind of message can you give to people to help people better understand, like, what some people are going through, I guess? I don't know how the best way to phrase this, but... Well, one thing I'd like, you know, whoever's listening, for the general public to understand, even the veterans, I mean, people that... I mean, you don't have to be just a civilian to, to have a misunderstanding. We all have misunderstandings of what everyone, every individual is going through. But I feel like if it's not a physical disability for the general public and they can see that, they automatically assume it's PTSD. Mm-hmm. PTSD is a huge pro- issue in this country for everyone. That's why Hero Hunt does such a good job with including first responders in their, in their mission. It's not PTSD if you can't see it. Oh, it can be, but there's a huge problem with transition out of the military. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we have, we've been at war for 20-some years. We've got a lot of guys that stayed there their entire lives because they wanted to be a part of this mission. But now that it came to an end, it's coming home, and there's a disconnect with... Having a purpose. G- having a purpose. Leaving mm-hmm. the military, coming out here, and knowing where your place is because all you know is this. So when... If you if you can't see a leg missing or an arm missing or a limp or that, people automatically assume ah he's got PTSD because he's with a veteran organization or he's got a disability rating or he has a handicap placard, I mean, or a disabled vet tag or something like that. Texas is huge with disabled vet tags. A lot of the time, it's just that adjustment disorder yeah. type diagnosis that they just need to be around like-minded people. They need to be around somebody that enjoys the same thing they do. And it doesn't have to be a veteran organization to do that. I mean, you guys are doing a great job right here bringing a group of people together that just like to be in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. The outdoors is a great vessel for that. So if the general public wants to help that community, don't assume that, you know, he has PTSD, that he's unstable, uh, so on and so forth. The guy might just need a friend. Mm-hmm. The, the lady might just need a friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, it that doesn't cost anything. Take take somebody fishing with you. If you're gonna go do something, take somebody with you. Yeah. Everyone knows a veteran. I don't care who you are, or you or you have a grandpa that was a veteran. Take a grandpa out to the pond and cast a line, and that's probably the most important thing the general public can can needs to understand at this point. We're we're post war. It only happens every few generations or every few decades. Uh, we're in a special place right now that politics are. You know, dynamic, but we just need to remember that it's, it's much simpler than that for a lot of people. Just get out there, don't assume anything, and just uh, be kind to each other, and you might save a life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think um, assumptions get people in such a bad position so many times because yeah. I'm always telling myself, you know, I'll see somebody who's like, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their day's like. Mm-hmm. They could have just had somebody die in their family or something and, and be in a, a bad mood or a bad place. Um, and and most people just jump the gun and be like, well, what the hell's wrong with you today? Or, you know, and, and, and don't take the time to to ask. And, and our church back home, um, you know, our, our motto is love God, love people. Yeah. And I just like, that's so true, you know. To, it's simple. Like, yes. It's like. Why mm-hmm. can't everybody do that? 
we'd be in such a better place if if the world was like that. Yeah. So, but as far as the general public, I think taking the disorder away from the PTSD. General Mattis does a great job of that. That's that's one of the General Mattis's uh, mad dog. He was mm-hmm. in, he was in the one of the presidential administrations. Um, badass general for the Marine Corps, <laughs> mm-hmm. but his one of his main drives right now is let's not call it PTSD anymore. Let's just call it PSD or post traumatic stress because it doesn't have to be a disorder. And um, so let's take away the stigma. It's not a bad thing. It's yeah. something you're dealing with. Something yeah. we, we can get over. It's not a disease. It's not going to metastasize and you know take you over yeah. as long as you have something in your life that's going to keep you from getting to that point. Yeah. So I had um, last year. I had the honor of having Will Jimeno on the show, okay. who was um, one of the last two survivors that pulled out of the World Trade Center collapse. Oh, wow. And uh, Oliver Stone made the movie about him and 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 stuff. And, and one of his fellow um, police officers there from the Port Authority in New York City. And and um, we talked a lot about you know the situation he was in. Like he was crushed. And yeah. So both buildings collapsed on him. You know, he only survived. I mean, just by the grace of God. And and um, and how how that changed his life after the recovery. You know, and, and he got really pulled in with um, with mossy oak and he loved hunting and, and just that kind of brought him back the outdoors right mm-hmm. um but he, you know he talked a lot about about the effects on his family after that and what he went through and how he's transitioned into now giving back like what you guys are doing and it's just such a recipe for success i guess in the sense that you're able to kind of share your experiences with other other people and that's that's one of the things that i think is really cool i mean you can i mean a lot of veterans are grumpy old men or grumpy old women or i'm grumpy most of the time you know (laughs) and and that you know that wears on our families you know we come home and you know we're just disgruntled about stuff and uh we take it out on them and or they just get tired of listening to us complain about stuff i don't know and uh with having an outlet like hero hunt it's made my home life a lot better. I mean, my wife, that's, you know, that's amazing. She, sometimes she just says, maybe you just need to go down to the property and do what you got to do. And yeah. uh, it makes me a happier person. So it's yeah. like a natural medicine. Yeah. So, um, what made you guys join the military? <laughs> All right. So for myself, I joined pre nine 11. You're going to hear a lot of the stories because, you know, it's been so long since nine 11 occurred. That I joined because I wanted to serve my country and, mm-hmm. you know, revenge for 9-11 and let's go get bin Laden and all that stuff. Those are amazing stories. Patriotism, things like that. I don't have that story. I just literally needed to get out of my little small hometown and go experience something different. And it's one of the best decisions I ever made because, you know, it was perfect timing for me. I didn't yeah. have I beat, I beat the rush. Mm-hmm. But there's no there's no spectacular story to it. It's just, uh, you know, I feel like everybody wants to do something to be patriotic, wants to do something to help their country or in the service of their country, whether it be uh, thank you for your, your service type. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you see a veteran, you want to thank them for their service. You know, I do that for all the older guys that I see running around, the greatest generation that ever walked. But it's, it was literally just 
no spectacular story. Just yeah. let's just, just I just need to get out of here for a little while, and then I was going to get out after four years, um, and then the war was still going on. My buddies weren't getting out; they were still going to go back. So, all right, I got to stick around again. <laughs> and then this war just never ended. So, uh, next thing you know, eighteen years later, it's like, eh, wow, they didn't need me, need me anymore after that. So they got rid of me. Yeah, now, didn't you say your wife's? Um, My wife's Marine also. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, she's not, she's a former Marine. Mm-hmm. Uh, she works, she's a psychologist at the Nashville VA now. Awesome. Uh, that's her, that was her desire, that's her passion mm-hmm. to want to give back, you know, post her service. She wanted to help those guys that were struggling. Yeah. And, you know, she's very educated, much smarter than me. You know, you wouldn't <laughs> think that about Marines <laughs> that were smart enough to be doctors and lawyers and things like that, but she's, She's leading the way, and um, but yeah, she joined post nine eleven, and that was one thing. She was in college in Puerto Rico. Uh, she's a, a Cuban American. Uh, first language was Spanish. Uh, very, but her dad was uh, a political prisoner in Cuba. He was a doctor in Cuba, uh, in prison for seven years for trying to uh, wow. take out Castro. So she has this very pro American just way about her that you know if i'm going to be here i'm going to be given back to <laughs> to this country and uh so she left the marine corps she went to school for a very long time because we were raising kids at the same time and now she's at the va and she's she's killing it that's uh, that's awesome she has a lot of that i mean you hear the horror stories about the va oh, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with that. This My psychologist is uh, very political. I don't think she has my best interest or her or his best interest. I'm going to brag about my wife a little bit because she it's literally getting to the point where she, it's by name request. You know, hey, hey, you got this little short female Marine here, right? I want her. <laughs> like, wait a minute. How do you find out about her? It's because... Once somebody that's struggling realizes they have something there to reach out to, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna seek it out. Yeah. So they do that with her. They do that with Hero Hunt, and they realize, hey, I got I got something. I'm gonna be here for a long time. Instead of, I'm gonna drink myself into a you know stupor and shoot myself in the face. And <laughs> it's just a it's a sad reality that happens way too often. Yeah. So is it has. I haven't looked at numbers and stuff, um, but COVID, this whole stupid pandemic thing, yeah. I mean, that was such a bad thing. I mean, we faced, um, my wife and I had somebody pretty close to, to us that, that took her life and uh, like that we could see no warning signs or nothing. Yeah. And it's just, you hear about that all the time during that last you know last two three years and um has that increased do you think with was with servicemen and women i don't think the numbers because of that i don't think the numbers have changed very much in terms of the 22 a day i mean that's still a that's pretty a pretty good standard but there was a lot of time during the pandemic that veterans lost care i mean we're dealing with guys that have panic disorders anxiety so on and so forth and the va is forcing them to put something on their face to talk about their traumas. One of the worst things you can do to somebody with a panic disorder is cover their mouth or somebody that has mm-hmm. a hearing loss, not be able to see her mouth yeah. in a, in such a intimate discussion about trauma. So they were just, 
it was just making it worse as we went over the past two, three years. And the VA still hasn't changed that policy. You go to the VA today for your therapy, you're still wearing a mask. Your psychologist is still wearing a mask. Your therapist is still wearing a mask. And we, the, it's a complete disconnect. So in terms of statistics for suicide, I feel like the pandemic was very detrimental to that, but also a positive because we kind of stepped away from the VA for a little bit and got more outdoors. So if we're outdoors and we're realizing that we have this resource that kind of complements that resource, we found a balance and we didn't have this big uptick that we thought we were going to have. Yeah. Now, on the flip side of that, we did have a huge uptick in substance abuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't lock a veteran or first responder that's dealing with trauma and sleep deprivation and all these things in a house and tell them they can't go anywhere and keep the liquor store open. Yeah. Because they drink themselves to death. Mm. So. Yeah. I think I think um, this whole pandemic thing, I mean, probably for the majority of everybody in the, in the world, I mean, they got to spend more time with their family. I cherished that time I got to spend with my kids at home. I still had to work full-time because my job I could be outside and, and not have to be around a bunch of people and so I just hid on my shrimp boat and worked on it like every day I got yeah. so much stuff done I kind of was glad that happened because I never get time to work on that thing but um my kids were home so my wife worked at home you know during that time but um we got to do a lot more and I think a lot more families bonded found some kind of common thing they could do you know in the outdoors and and um, that was one of the lights that came out of that mm-hmm. the whole time so i will tell you one thing joe he did not shut down hero hunt for one minute uh, no. it might have been a reckless move because we were so nobody knew what was really going to happen yeah but we weren't going to leave these guys alone after the commitment we made to them hey we're here for you i don't give a, <laughs> give a damn what the problem is we're still together mm-hmm. we yeah. got together we hunted we fished we drank Another thing. We, we had a great time. Yeah, we added to that. We got COVID together? Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. But we also started, uh, I mean, with the ambassadors and stuff, the guys that wanted to volunteer their time, they gave out people's names that were members of Hero Hunt so we could call them, check mm-hmm. on them, you know? Yeah, we did. And, and I, think that was a, I think that was a pretty good thing. Call them, see how they're doing, what they've been up to, what they're interested in doing, you know, how their family is, and, you know, just check on them because – some people were stuck inside drinking themselves to death. Yeah. So there, so, yeah. there were some things you could pick and choose from the pandemic that uh, kind of worked in your in your favor, like you were talking about. You got to spend time with your kids. You know. Yeah. But there's also going to be some long-lasting effect that is going to be detrimental to the country. Yep. Yeah. Education is one. That's terrible. Edu- edu- yeah. I, I'm, I teach high school. I kind of fell in my lap. I teach auto body, so I get to teach a cool class. But, I mean, these kids, I mean, coming out of – I started right after the pandemic because they – got a grant to open the program and stuff so but to keeping them on task getting them off their phones they don't want to do any work because they're so used to doing everything on a computer and just googling it mm-hmm. that i mean i teach a phone class and it's hard to get them and in, to interact and be involved in that so that it's well they spent the last two years on their phones in their house yeah and that's all they care about is making tiktok videos and dancing around i can't believe there's kids at like my kids elementary school that have freaking cell phones yeah. i'm like Mm-hmm. What the hell is going on? And then the ear pods. It's to the point where you have to have it, though, because the schools require it. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to have this app to go to math class. What? Yeah. Yeah. I get 
they don't have paper, they don't have pen. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have paper to pen? You have a pull backpack. Oh, it's just my laptop. <laughs> well, get your laptop out. Oh, it's not charged. Well, pull your charger out. Uh, I don't have one. Like, if I didn't have something ready for school, like, you'd go to ISS or something. Yeah, back you know? in the day. You know? <laughs> I'm going to yeah. call your parents. because you standards. Yeah. So. And respect somewhat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, kids are kids. But that's another thing. They just think they can talk to you however they want. And that's, that's yeah, I mean, how much kid, you couldn't wear a hat. I mean, none of these mm-hmm. kids are like, just go to school in their pajamas. Or yeah, walking around with a blanket a wrapped around them. and playing video games and i had a kid that brought a playstation controller one day and plugged it into his phone i'm like what are you doing i was like we are i'm actively teaching you something and you're sitting there and they're like, oh i'm gonna finish this game i'm like no you're not like yeah i am you can't you can't take my phone i'm like okay man we'll wait on you then yeah it's 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 sad and scary um i, I was i was listening to something i don't know a couple months ago and you know and and I always have this thought, you know, since I've got kids now and stuff, it's like, man, it's like they're growing up in such a horrible time and and just, like, I feel s- sad and scared and, like, not knowing what to expect, what they're going to have to go through in this generation. But, you know, it's like, well, God has a plan for everybody, and they're here for a reason right now, mm-hmm. and they're going to go through this, and I just hope that I'm doing the right thing to help push them along with my wife. And, yeah. and that's be all you can do. Good and raise them right, and teach them, and let them find their way. Them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like the whole tangent we just went down about <laughs> society uh, ties in really well to why we're here. I mean, the outdoors is the answer. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. Absolutely. I mean, listen to Chester talk last night. I mean, I've heard I've heard him give variations of that talk many times, and uh, but it's very true. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there listening to Chester speak last night, and I thought I was in church. I thought it was, the, it was at that moment when the pastor's speaking yeah. to you, but, yeah. he's, but he's not looking at you. Yeah. And I was like, wow. He's guy. not saying your name, but you know yeah. he's saying your name it was under great. his breath. Mm-hmm. It's great to hear that. Yeah, we've got another awesome talk with Todd coming tonight. and um, um, But... We kind of we got off topic, but how how did you? I, I know I know you shared <laughs> your story likes, a little bit. But Larry likes to talk, so well, that's I just good. That's here. what podcasts are for, <laughs> yeah. man. So, um, but no, so I'm actually I'm pretty young compared to most people in Hero Hunt. I'm uh, 29, so I joined. I can't tell with that beard. I know. I mean, you got an epic. You and Paul should like have a I'm, beard I'm, battle. Yeah, we might get tangled up later. Who knows? Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I joined uh, when I was 17. Um, we had a family friend that I. Um, was sending letters and stuff too when he was in Iraq and he got killed right after Christmas. And, um, that year for Christmas, I had gotten like a figurine of a dude in dress blues. And I was like, man, I got, that's all I ever wanted to do. And I went and talked to a recruiter one time and, um, he, I, I grew up in Michigan. I was big hunting. I loved to fish. We mm-hmm. had a, we had a house on a lake, like 15 minutes away from our actual house. So I just spent my time there with my, you know, bass fishing every morning and night. And, uh, this recruiter showed me all of these pictures of him going around the country and the world hunting fish. And I was like, Oh man, now you got me hooked. Well, I didn't really get to do any of that stuff, but, um, but I, I, I joined a lot later in the war. And, um, I mean, I felt like I, I, I served and everything, but I didn't, I never left the country or yeah. did any of that stuff. But, uh, a lot of my friends did and, you know, seeing the impact on that and then getting out, you still have a transitional phase and, you lose that sense of 
purpose. I mean, every day you're told what to wear, what to do, when to be there, and then you get out and you got to make all those decisions on your own. And I was still a kid when I joined. So, right. I mean, it was a time to put on my big boy pants and do something. And, and uh, yeah, hero hunt. I met a guy at college. I was going to school and uh, I met a guy and he was talking about it and I was like, man, I got to check this out. And they called me and invited me to hunt and I was that guy standing in the corner because I knew nobody at this hunt. And uh, we drew blinds and I the next morning at first light I killed a 163 inch deer <laughs> and uh, everybody wanted to be my spike. friend. Yeah, everybody wanted to, everybody wanted to be my friend. I'm so, sure they did. So that broke the ice really nice and then. Uh, there was a hunt the next weekend that somebody backed out of, and it was like 15 minutes from my house, so they invited me. And the stories from everybody talking and seeing it on the Hero Hunt Facebook page, everybody's like, oh, you're that guy, you're that guy. And then I shot a, like a small three-point that weekend, and everybody's like, boo. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, so, but Hero Hunt, you know, put me in contact with a lot of great people. And because of that, you know, I felt like it was my time to help them help somebody like myself and so that's why i started volunteering and uh i've got a little piece of land and a crap ton of turkeys so i try to let uh, every once in a while i'll allow somebody to come out and kill a turkey you know i have never heard of it it he's got him named yes no no, they're not named just follow follow him on snapchat yeah you'll see his hand feeding bottle fed no 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 (laughs) you can you can't bait in tennessee right you got to stop 10 days prior to season or whatever it is but if you befriend them in the off season, <laughs> then they come to you. So no, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't hunt um, where my house is, where all these turkeys are that I take the pictures of. I hunt on a different piece of property. So, but uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, they might try breaking in the house and you know my neighbor. <laughs> and get I, have you at a, night. I have a neighbor down the road. He's a he's an older. V- so I live on a dead end road. It's myself and one other guy. And every when I moved in there, all I heard from people that like I met was this guy is scary. Like stay away from this guy. He's crazy. And then he's I went. He's an old Marine, too. Yeah, and uh, so one person said, yeah, he's a he's a Marine vet from Vietnam. And I was like, I gotta go meet this guy. So, like, I didn't even drive. My road's, like, a mile long, and he was at the dead end, and there's a cemetery there. And I'm like, either he's going to bury me in it or we're going to become good friends. So I walked down there. And you have to cross a creek to get to his house because the road crosses a creek. And I'm barefoot across the creek, put my shoes back on, and he's standing out in his yard with his arms crossed when I walk in the dr- driveway. And I'm like, hey, devil dog. And he just kind of, you know, gruffs and um, he's, it's, you know, it's been a great relationship. But he has turkeys that will come up on his porch and peck at his door. To, yeah. yeah. That's funny. I, got, I got to intervene here a little bit because if this was a video recorded podcast, I would show the audience exactly what this guy looks like. It looks and like it, my grandpa. It looks like Austin with a gray beard. <laughs> they are, they belong to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's we hilarious. did, we, uh, he he always talks about his ancestral history and stuff like that, and so I did the DNA stuff and to see if like for some reason we traced it back because he was like, "You have the same bone structure in your cheek as me," and, and like they look identical. He's like, "We could be from this <laughs> um, same classes." <laughs> Does he have a Mike in the Moon Pies hat on? No, we will, I'm going to show you. Before he probably we eats here. a lot of Moon Pies, <laughs> but yeah, Ted's a great guy. So That's I want to touch on something he said a little bit ago when you talked about why you joined and what you were doing here. Because I think it's important because it's, we're starting to see a lot more of it in Hero Hunt right now. He said that he made a comment that he didn't never left the country. Yeah. And there's still struggles with, with that. Well, we're starting to see a lot of that because the war ended. Mm-hmm. It started slowing down 10 yeah. years ago. So uh, there's a lot of Marines that didn't get the opportunity to serve. That's or serve overseas. 
it's one of those things you like kick yourself for like you you join to be able to to serve and like i feel like i almost got that like that rug ripped out from underneath me yeah because it wasn't my choice it, like there was people in my unit that were deploying and every time a rotation came up they're like oh we're gonna keep you here to do this we're gonna keep you here to do that and like all the dudes that came in before me would go and then all the dudes that came in after me got to go and i just kind of sat there on an island because i got put in charge of a shop and they're like well you're in charge of these marines so we need you here not over there and i was like so, well, so it kind of dictated my career and i was just like you know what screw you guys if I, if I can't do what i came here to do which was experience the world and serve my country then you obviously don't want me that bad so, so with that being said as the war started tapering off and it coming to an end marines or military service members started getting out that's a struggle for them now that's becoming really hard for them to get over so we have the flip side of dealing with trauma in combat to the the personal guilt of never being in combat. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like the f we were taking issues from many mm -hmm. different directions. That I think uh, what's cool is I get to uh, I get to hunt with all the dudes that I looked up to growing up because like Larry's old enough to be my dad. He's got a son that's my like just a few years younger. Not that I'm trying to be rude or anything yeah. about his age, but like I looked up to these dudes. I mean, they're the reason that I joined the military. Mm -hmm. So now that I get to hang out with them and I don't know, give back to them. <laughs> so Hero hunts uh, is great. He's calling you old. I, I did call him old, but I mean he knows it. So. <laughs> but we're, we're going to Idaho this fall. We're going to find out who's really the old, <laughs> the old whose what? body's the oldest. So. Once again, if this was recorded, you'll see I look significantly younger than Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Cody's over here taking a picture or video right now, so you might be able to see it if you go on our social media and stuff. But here on, I mean, we're here for for the for the podcast for yeah. this camaraderie to, to discuss Hero Hunt and everything that we just talked about is Hero Hunt in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter what you did, how you did it. You served your family. Yeah. Come hang out with us from all over the country. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your, you know, we raise enough money to make sure you have your licenses if you're from out of state. We're going to get you there. You're going to have a good time, and you're going to see that you have resources yeah. out here that one you know, thing you're missing. One thing we didn't really talk about that we need to hit on is the uh, the first responder aspect of it, which makes us a little bit different. We talked a lot about us being veterans mm -hmm. and stuff, but the cool thing about Joe that started it is he retired as a police officer out of Metro Nashville, and uh, he wanted to be different and help out first responders. They see a lot of trauma. I mean, daily. Like, like, yeah. like what Larry said, you know, he would go on nine-month deployments and come back and have some downtime. These guys are doing it every – they have 12 hours of downtime or a day of downtime and then they're right back at it and they're seeing crap that we didn't see i mean because they're seeing it on like at home yeah. down the road from where they live down the road from their mom's house you know all and, while fighting the political fight yeah so of people it seems to be getting worse yeah and worse so and worse. so it's cool that we get to help them out and uh you know first responders being firefighters ems police officers um even people that are uh, dispatchers because yeah. they have to listen to those phone yeah. calls. And I don't know that I could handle listening to those phone calls. And uh, so if we can do the same thing to them that we're doing for the veterans, then, uh, I mean, and as long as we can help one person. If we can't help one, we can't help them all. So um, we brought a lady in from Texas for two years now. We've flown her up, and she was uh, shot and paralyzed um, as a police officer. And mm -hmm. last year she killed three deer with us. Oh, wow. She set, killed one in the morning, in the afternoon, and then the next morning. And Larry and I are sitting there like, 
anything. Yeah, like I haven't seen nothing. Every time we come up to the cabin, she's got she's sitting there with a the, we're like, deer. what? I, I, I'm eventually going to call out favoritism. <laughs> the deer favoritism or what? No, Joe's favoritism. <laughs> oh, okay. But you female know, female in a wheelchair, police officer. I'm like, Joe, you're starting to show some favoritism here. <laughs> I need that blind next time. <laughs> <laughs> and I need you to uh, shoot the deer to me and make sure I don't miss. <laughs> but, it, man, it's so awesome to see her show up there and yeah. get that joy. Yeah. I mean, she's paralyzed. Yeah. Like, completely. And mm-hmm. she shows up there. She's able to pull a trigger with, on a rifle from mm-hmm. a from a deer stand in the woods with everybody else. Like, she's no different. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a cool thing. We have the ability to take people that, you know, are like severely wounded. We have handicapped blinds. We have we have ways to get them out there. Yeah. Um, if not, we're gonna carry you. Yeah, we'll put you on our back. It's awesome. We got side by sides and all that kind of stuff. We'll get you there. We'll make it happen. So we'll build your blind. <laughs> tell me, um, and everybody listening, like where to go to find out if they want to get signed up to to be a part of this yeah. group. It's so simple. HeroHuntInc.org. You can Google us. Hero Hunt it. Inc, not Hero Hunting, Hero Hunt INC. INC. Yeah, and that's how you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, Google, Google. And it's not a it's not a, a rough process. It's not like no. you're you're filling out a whole bunch of paperwork and justifying, you know, why you think you need to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. You're a service member. You have a dis- right now. It's going to be you have to have a disability rating, regardless if it's zero or a hundred. A first responder that w- was lo- wounded in the line of duty. Pablo is going to call you. And he's going to talk to you like you've known each other for 20 years. Yeah, I'm getting and that. He's gonna put you, <laughs> and he's going to put you on a hunt. He's yeah. going to put you on an event. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, we want to get to a point where we can just take in any veteran, any first responder, regardless, because you still deal with a lot of daily stress, yep. things yep. like that. You might, Just because you didn't get wounded or you don't have something going on doesn't, doesn't mean you don't need that break mm-hmm. from reality. It's just, I mean, we have, we have to grow more. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. we're doing, I think we're doing great. It's, it's scary to grow. You know, I'm talking to Joe because you don't want to lose that family-oriented right. feeling. But I think we're managing it well enough to where we're not going to. So we can get we can get anybody in. And there. in order to grow, that's why we, the, you know, this podcast thing's great for us because you have, you know, you have listeners, and yeah. we need your listeners that have five, ten acres, you know, fifteen hundred acres, six thousand acres, you know, a fishing boat that wouldn't mind having a veteran and. Um, we're going to send an ambassador to that way mm-hmm. the veteran if he needs his license we can go buy that for him if he needs food we can go get that for him mm-hmm. but we need to be able to take them out somewhere we don't all yeah. own land we don't right. all you know and if you're excellent at hunting public land let us know we'll we'll come out there and hunt public land and bring tents or whatever if you have a you know if if you're able to and willing to help out you know reach out to us and we will make sure we can save somebody's life. And an important part of that is, is a lot of people that, that want to provide a venue, mm-hmm. they don't understand that we don't care if it's for one hunter yes. or 30 hunters. Mm-hmm. If you got something, you like I said earlier, you just want to take somebody fishing to try to help their day, we're going to provide yeah. that one person to you. Yeah. You got yeah. a pond in your backyard full of largemouth, let us know. We'll come yeah. We'll come rip some lips. I mean, yeah. if... Yeah. If you got squirrels, squir- I mean, it, it doesn't matter what, what it Apparently is. Apparently, if you got raccoons, too, after last raccoons, night. Raccoons, yeah, we, we yeah. like yeah. raccoons. That was fun. Well, not Cody. Cody, <laughs> Cody missed. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll find out <laughs> on the, when the thermal video comes up, when Travis gets here with that today. But um, for now, we're going to um, say Cody missed. Well, 
man, I want to thank you guys. Um, I didn't know if, if, if this would even work out before I called and talked to Pablo about it, but, um, you know, we've still got a lot of stuff to do here this weekend, and I really appreciate you all taking the time to come represent Hero Hunt here. Um, very thankful for what Joe Towers has done starting this organization and what you guys are continuing to do, and it's going to be exciting to see you all grow. And hopefully I can contribute something to that to help just a teeny tiny bit. Any one person that listens to that, this podcast and can either help or they need help, I mean, that's you contributing. Or I mean, they now we, have, or they yeah, they they now have, have a, a resource. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if we can't help one, we can't help them all. We do so. appreciate we appreciate you, Derek, for not giving yeah. up us in the last two years. Yeah, yeah I met you sure. the first time. Okay, I'm, was that you? I, I, I couldn't remember. He had hair then. No, he didn't. No, <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Hanging out with him, I lost it. But that was me at NWTF. That was my very first event. Wow. Working as an ambassador in like a trade show or convention or something like that. So I was kind of overwhelmed. I was taking cards <laughs> from everybody. Yeah. But you know, we had meetings following that up, and every time we were in these meetings. I would look at Pablo and say, hey, remember Impact Outdoor podcast in Texas. I, I wanted it. to talk to you quite a few times. I, I remember like, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 I got yeah, it. I, I got it. it. So oh, I, I appreciate you not giving up on us, getting us down here, because yeah. it's, it definitely helps. And uh, we had to navigate this whole COVID thing and how, how we were going to do things and travel and make sure that we're, we're able to travel. Yeah, but we're here now, and it's we awesome. appreciate it. We love having you guys here. Yeah, we're here to stay. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to leave this place. Warren, Warren, Ranch, Warren Ranch has the Ranch. people. We have moved in. We are squatters. Yeah, we and, have uh, rights. I think y'all are gonna go play at the range later today. Yeah, we and, are. Yeah. Have some fun over there, and then and um, and and we got a crawfish bowl tonight, which yeah, is gonna I gotta kick make ass. Sure I can, apparently, the, I have to eat from the first batch because it gets spicier as it goes. And, oh, there we yeah. go. It ain't crawfish unless it's hot. Yeah, there you well. go. Sometimes pepper's too much for me. So. Yeah. I've, I've seen this growing trend that a lot of the Texas people here are more from the Louisiana area yeah. of Texas. Yeah. So we're about to find out. Yeah. It'll be good, man. So, all right. Well, thanks, guys. Thank Appreciate you. all y'all do. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank Larry and Austin and Cody Pemberton for coming down and filming with them this week. Um, we had such a great time at the summit and really appreciate Hero Hunt coming and, and representing the group here. Um, such an honor to have them and really just hope everyone can take something away from this episode. Go check them out on all the social media platforms. Um, if you have an opportunity to host an event, make sure to reach out to them. Um, really just, you know, it's amazing what Joe Towers has done with this group and, um, can't wait to see what comes in the future so until the next episode we've still got several great episodes coming up we've got some roundtables coming up here this week that'll be coming out and really excited to get those out to you so until then stay safe and we'll catch you on the next episode